how are we doing how are we feeling i missed you guys last week my week felt naked it felt empty it did not feel right but i had a new drop for m club and i just felt like i need to give this i need to give this drop a moment and actually did not have enough hours in the day you know what i'm saying so anyway we're back we're back and i'm so excited for this episode we're doing another solicited advice episode let me just tell you guys i received so many questions which makes me so fucking excited because i have enough questions to last me like four of these four of these like solicited advice episodes this is a series okay this is the second episode in this series and we're just going to keep it rolling because i love this i love to give advice i'm so good at giving advice i'm so bad at taking it but i'm great at giving it so welcome to the second episode of or the second installment. What do you what do you say? I don't know. Welcome to the second solicited advice episode. Let's get into it. Our first order of business. Somebody said, "How to identify unhealed people when you're newly dating them?" I loved this question. I feel like we've never addressed this concept head on. Of course, we've talked about dating the wrong people and your expectations, etc., but I feel like we've never been so specific about it. So, I really wanted to hear what you guys thought and what signs you've experienced from newly dating somebody and seeing instantly like, "Oh, okay, they're working through some shit or they have some things to work through. So here's what you guys said on identifying unhealed people when newly dating them. The most popular response by far was somebody constantly bringing up their ex and somebody constantly bringing up their ex and speaking about them in a poor way. Somebody said, when asking questions about them, look at how they react and respond to things. I like this because body language is huge. It really is. Somebody else said, I actually don't think you'll be able to tell this until a few months in. She also said, if somebody shares so deeply too soon, it can be a sign of love bombing slash trauma. But until you really get to know someone and they show their true colors, it's hard. She said, your first fight can be very telling, which I totally agree with i was dating this guy who lived in another city which just seems to be the theme or a theme of my life for some reason and he was so chill he was so chill he was so great and in our first and pretty much only argument i was like whoa like he was so dismissive low-key aggressive like not too bad like nothing crazy but i definitely made a mental note to myself and i was like oh okay not a fan of how we are dealing with this conflict i can be very avoidant because i don't like conflict but if i am bringing up my feelings to somebody or somebody's bringing up their feelings to me i feel like i've really learned how to give somebody space you know and not immediately start defending myself but actually letting somebody have that moment if anything i think now i feel very lucky and honored if somebody feels comfortable enough with me to open up and share something like that to begin with you know so I never want to attack them or just immediately go on the defense mode because I don't want them to feel like every time they say something to me that's what's gonna happen that's like I don't feel like that's creating like a safe environment and I do that almost in a selfish way because I want that kind of treatment right it's like kindergarten like treat people how you want to treat people how you want to be treated crazy crazy concept okay anyway he was so like he was he was it was a lot and like i said i feel like i want to be in a situation where you bringing up your feelings when expressed with gentleness and not attacking somebody i don't want that to necessarily automatically encourage a fight 
right? Like, I feel like you can have a conversation with somebody and not have to get into a fight. So I definitely was like, okay, he definitely has tood in arguments and this will not be fun. Okay, moving on. Two more of the most popular submissions were regarding insecurity and inconsistency. Somebody else said, somebody not willing to be vulnerable. I agree to a certain extent, not that you guys asked if I agree or not, but I agree to a certain extent, but as somebody who struggles to be deeply vulnerable with men, well, I'm also healing, so maybe the shoe does fit, actually. Somebody said they project their own feelings and problems on you and pretend that like it's your issue. They bring up the past a lot when they constantly compare you to their exes. I would hate this. I would fucking hate that. How they react to good news and bad news can say a lot. I agree. People's reactions, even with friendships, I feel like that's a huge one too. Somebody who's always the victim in their stories. Constant need for external validation hot and cold behavior totally i feel like that goes with the consistency thing somebody said avoid guys who call you pet names right away or want to expedite the process lack of self-awareness quick to anger quick to neglect quick to ghost and avoid somebody who easily gets defensive totally somebody who who dwells on the issue or the bad situation and doesn't attempt to seek and create solutions yes lack of emotional confidence evasive irritable and spacey during deep conversations oh my god totally i am not a small talker i want to know what the worst thing you've ever been through is and if you can't go there with me i'm afraid it's not gonna work they never want to talk about past relationships or exes that's funny right because either it's like they do it poorly or they don't do it at at all i feel like the sweet spot is finding somebody who is willing to speak about something if asked right i feel like that's normal that's going to come up if you're starting to really get to know somebody of course somebody's past relationship is going to come up right i think it's more so like how somebody talks about it i can honestly say that the last few guys i've been involved with have all been so respectful of their past partners and that's such a green flag to me It's so attractive to me when somebody can speak about a situation and I can pick up the fact that they didn't maybe necessarily have a good relationship. I mean, there's a reason why it ended, but maybe that it even ended poorly or something, yet they're still able to discuss it and and talk about it with respect and that to me is is huge i think it's representative of just like a bigger something bigger like how they even speak of other people in their life and i love that somebody said if at any point i loved this one it's funny if and if at any point of interaction you find yourself asking are they healed I mean, you're not wrong. Huge lack of trust and jealousy right off the bat. So these were some of the main ones. I loved getting your guys' input, so thank you. And I honestly can't add much to these. I think my biggest one is the hot and cold behavior, to be honest. It's like the inconsistency that just like irks me. And as somebody who is very observant and is very anxious, sometimes I pick up on things that don't even exist. So you better fucking believe I'm going to pick up on something when it does exist. And so the hot and coldness is something that I can just like, I can like smell that shit from a mile away and it makes me feel uncomfortable. It really, it just makes me feel anxious. And that's one of the biggest signs for me when somebody new is entering my life, whether it's romantically or or in a friendship way. If somebody is right off the bat making me feel anxious and confused and like i'm about to start playing mental gymnastics it's gonna be a no from me dog next one i'm feeling scared to be on my own but i know that i need to be okay i i love you guys but 
you guys tell me sometimes that you're scared to be alone and I'm fucking terrified of being in like a pointless ass relationship that I'm not obsessed with. Let's get into this. Let's workshop this. So we're going to talk later about being brave as it pertains to entrepreneurship and starting something new because that's another question. But I do feel like there are some parallels and this is a layered question, right? There's so many things that popped into my mind when I read this, but I would encourage you to listen to your own question because you answered it yourself. You said, I know I need to be. So if you know that that's something you need, let's workshop how to make this time alone amazing. Before I get into this, I want to note one thing, okay? I want to make one thing very clear. As your resident single queen, I want to make sure you hear me when I say that I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with wanting a relationship with wanting to be in a relationship, with not wanting to be alone, okay? I feel like I haven't said that word for word and I think it's because I think we need more permission to be alone and happy. Like I feel like being single has been so mismarketed and that's why as someone who is single and loves it, that's the narrative that I try to share with you guys. You know what I mean? Somebody who is in her late 20s, who has had a fucking, I don't even know how to describe it, like self-growth transformation in my 20s and who loves her life and who has been through hell and back and who just wants to show you in case you have fully digested the narrative that being single is scary and wrong and that you won't be fulfilled until you're in a relationship. Like if you have digested this, narrative that as women we've been fed for so long that's like that's why i don't mention as much the fact that it's okay to want a relationship i more so mention like you can be okay by yourself but like both things can be true and both things are completely fine you know what i'm saying like also it's because it's what i'm living like this is like i I bring you guys along through like the seasons of my life and i plan to do that moving forward you know, as long as you guys will have me. And so like, obviously this is what I'm going to talk about because this is what I'm living. But I just wanted to, I just want to make this known because I think sometimes the conversation can get so pushed to the edge where it's like, be this like bad bitch who doesn't need a man. But like, I don't agree with that. You know, like I don't need a man. I want one, but I'm fucking chilling until that happens. Like I, I will continue to decline things until they're incredible i will continue to have fun until and even when and during i get into a relationship i just plan on making the most out of whatever season i'm in and that's what it's about for me so i don't want you to feel bad for not wanting to be alone you know and for not enjoying being single like that's okay it's okay if you you simply are ready willing and able to be in a relationship you know that's totally fucking valid and it doesn't make you any less of a of a strong independent bad bitch you know what i'm saying like all of these things all of these wants all of them can coexist i want a beautiful healthy fulfilling relationship i want an incredible fucking relationship but until that happens I also plan on living a beautiful, healthy, fulfilling fucking life. And that's the narrative that I want to share, okay? So how can we make this time, this time where you're going to be alone, amazing? I'll tell you what's worked for me. So therapy, just I have to say it. Therapy, working on myself, becoming self-aware, finding rituals that fulfill me and challenge me. This includes journaling, reading, working out, crafting different morning routines, and honestly, starting to fulfill my passions so 
when I really started to work on myself, that's when I began my podcast. I started showing up on Instagram. I started creating a community, like all of these things I started to do once I began to work on myself. And it's they've just been so like pivotal in the road to living life on my terms you know so that's a huge one the next thing i would say is strengthening my current friendships that i really valued and knew that i wanted to have forever that was huge it's that's been one of the biggest game changers for me i'm truly obsessed with my friends and i feel like we always hear this question of like how do you make new friends right and i love that i love making new friends but sometimes it's about working on the ones you already have even if it's one like whether it's one or 12, I don't care. Working on the friends that you already have and giving those friendships more love and deepening those friendships, there's so much value in that, you know? Friends and family. I worked really hard on strengthening the relationships that I had in my life because since the one with myself was so shaky and it was healing, honestly, and still is, but like it was very shaky. Since it was, you know, I wasn't showing up for people in the way that I do now. I wasn't showing up in my friendships and in my family um, the way that I do now. And so once I started to work on myself, all of my friendships changed. Like everything became a hundred times better, a hundred times more, like a hundred times stronger, a hundred times deeper, everything. So those two things together, because obviously they're like composed of a million different things, I would say those have been the most game-changing for me in my like self-growth, I guess, journey. Fucking hate that word. Please, who is going to come up with another word? Who? The last thing I'll say about this, because this can honestly be a whole episode, a whole fucking series in and of itself, but I have to cut myself off or I'll keep talking about this. I've also talked about this a lot. Like, I've, I also have so many episodes where I talk about being single and just like what I love about it and the things that I don't love about it and the things that I've learned while in this like season of my life. So I definitely recommend you listen to some of those. But the last thing I'll say is slightly nebulous, but it's mindset. And I think it's paired with the first point because I worked so much on my mindset through therapy and through journaling, etc. But changing the narrative is what we have to do as well, like flipping the switch. I encourage you to challenge your fears of being alone and instead look at you know look at all the beautiful space you have for yourself listen to podcasts of people who inspire you who maybe aren't in a relationship or maybe who just talk about this subject and can help you look at it in a different way i think it's really important to have conversations and hear conversations about things that you're currently navigating from people that you look up to i also think something huge with this which i know is not that easy to control is having friends that are maybe navigating similar seasons so like if all of your friends right now are fucking married and with kids and you're about to embark in this like journey for yourself you know i feel like maybe maybe it's time we get like a single friend or a a, a few single friends or one of them i think that's huge i i know that's not so easy to control but i think it's always nice to have people that are going through shared experiences and if you don't have those friends in your life right now manifest that shit i don't care how woo woo that sounds look for them online look for people online that you feel like you would be friends with and if they have I feel like we have so much accessibility to incredible people online right now and for me that was huge okay that like it still is the people that i listen to the people that i watch online whether that's whose books i read whose podcasts i listen to whose stories i watch whose youtube videos i watch all these things all of this it really does add up 
because I feel like it's all contributing to the framework that we have in our minds. I also just want to remind you that like being single does not mean you're alone. You're not alone. You have friends, you have family, you have yourself. I want you to, I don't care how cliche this sounds, I want you to take this time to work on becoming your own best friend, okay? It takes time. There's no destination. It's gonna be messy. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be so fucking fun. And the growth that you're gonna have in this season, like you can't put a price on that. Knowing how to have your own back is an incredible feeling that I wish for everybody. And this doesn't mean that you don't need anybody, okay? I don't wanna have to disclaim this, but you can be your own best friend. You can have your own back and you can still have a full life filled with beautiful friendships and relationships. They're not mutually exclusive. The relationship that you have with yourself will carry you through every single relationship in your life. So working on it is the most incredible gift you can give to yourself. So I want you to try to think of this new season as beautiful and exciting and full of fucking possibilities. It can be scary too, that's fine. But I just, I don't want you to look at it as just scary. Okay, next up. Somebody said, there's a man who disappears in and out of my life. I know I deserve better, but I still have feelings. You're allowed to have feelings. Let's start there. You're human. What's more important here is whether you act on those feelings or not, right? Because what you allow is what is going to continue. So if you're allowing him to enter and leave as he pleases, I mean, he has his cake and he's eating it too, right? He's getting all the privileges, I'm imagining, I don't know without having to commit or to be consistent. And it's clearly working for him, but it's clearly not working for you. And that's what I care about. So I would just tell you that there are a lot of things we can have feelings about, but it doesn't mean we necessarily act on them. Stop allowing him to come back. Simple. You literally just have to decide one day that you aren't accepting this behavior no matter how much you like him. I feel like it also depends on what you want, right? If this was working for you as well, if all parties were happy and nobody was feeling disrespected, then by all means, right? But that's not the case. You're not okay with this situation. And I'm assuming by you telling me that you have feelings, you want him to stay and to stop disappearing. So I want to ask you, like, don't you think you deserve that? Don't you think you deserve somebody who would not walk in and out of your life whenever they felt like it? Somebody who would not put themselves in a position to potentially lose you? Somebody who doesn't want you to think of them as inconsistent? Somebody who is reliable? You get where I'm going, right? Decide that you are worthy and deserve all of these qualities in a person. And decide to stop accepting behavior that is not matching the shit that you don't want. You teach him how he can treat you. And if this situation is no longer working for you, then I need you to teach him accordingly. I also totally get it because I've been there. You know, I feel like we've all been there where we like somebody so much. And because we do, we put up with things that maybe we wouldn't normally put up with. I know I just like tough loved you, but I also just want to say like been there, but I don't want that for anybody. Like I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be putting up with someone who's not treating you the way you fucking deserve to be treated just because you like him. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, he doesn't deserve it. Like, that's that's it at the end of the day. Like, that's why I said, if you were happy with the situation, by all fucking means, but you're not. So don't accept it. Like, I can't, like, you're the only buddy. You're the only buddy. <laughs> you're the only person who can dictate what happens, right? 
because he'll he'll probably go for as long as you let him so it's just about deciding that you can like this person and not accept their behavior you can like this person and still not have them in your life you can like this person and also voice that you are done with this hot and cold bullshit if you wanted to you could voice like hey this is this is not working for me and you can voice what you actually want and what you will accept and if they if they want you if they don't want to lose you and if they want to be in your life i promise you they will fucking make it happen i also should have said at the beginning like obviously i have no context right like you guys send me one like one sentence and i'm just trying to give you the best advice i can from the little little information i have and if you ever want to give me like all the fucking details for the next one you can just dm me and give me as much context as you want but i just wanted to say like if you don't vibe with what i'm saying don't listen to me like it's totally fine you know what i mean like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i'm just i'm just telling you what i think okay and i'm trying to be helpful but i just don't want anybody to feel like they have to listen i don't know you know what i'm trying to say next up somebody said my best friend is moving away and i'm terrified of losing our connection i love this question because i have many long distance best friends and i promise you they are not as scary as you might feel right now it really is about adjusting to a new way of communicating and figuring out what works for both of you and keeping the romance alive in certain ways and we will expand on this um and honestly trying to make as many plans as possible in the future like having something to look forward to is so important so let me give you some of my favorite tips for navigating a long distance friendship okay first up understand and be okay with the fact that there may be growing pains at the beginning while a new routine of communication becomes established we all have different texting and calling habits and preferences and you're gonna have to find a pattern that works for both of you right maybe that means a little bit of compromise on somebody's end if if maybe one person isn't a huge texter or facetimer whatever it is i don't know what your guys's preferences are but just understand and don't freak out if at the beginning there's a slight disconnect or shift in the communication like you guys are just gonna have to figure it out at the beginning and don't be scared to say something about it either like i would be like all right bitch like where when and when when and where are we facetiming every week because i'm gonna need a little a little us time like just voice what you need let them voice what they need and you guys can figure it out together okay so my first just thing i wanted to say is that growing pains are real and okay and i think it's just about being flexible being understanding and being willing to work at finding a new rhythm of communication my next thing that i will die on this hill is i just love a voice note okay I feel like voice notes and phone calls are something that just need to happen when it's long distance texting like i love to text okay but i don't i'm not like texting people back all day every day and you just you don't get the full effect you know what i mean like you don't get the tone you don't get to see their face you don't you miss a lot over text there's nothing like actually hearing somebody's voice and obviously even better seeing them so i'm a big voice note kind of bitch i love voice notes because you can hear what i'm trying to say and how i'm trying to say it so 
I something I love to do is like randomly throughout the day I'll like voice note something funny to my friends if I think of something funny or if I saw something that reminded me of them or I remembered something I don't know whatever it is I'll just literally voice note them really quick and it's just a nice little way of letting them know that you're thinking about them it's easy it's fast I love efficiency and it's something that I love to do I don't love facetiming but I know that some of my friends do, and I love to do it with them, obviously. So, you know, it's all about like figuring out what people need to feel valued and loved and and adjusting, you know? Something else I'm going to say. I'm obsessed with this tip, and it is about Uber Eats and Amazon Prime, okay? If accessible, where you're moving. These two systems are fabulous because it's just, it's my favorite little thing to do to show people love i love to give people gifts it's like my love language it's how i show love you know so i love to if somebody's having a bad day i'll send them their favorite coffee like it doesn't have to be crazy it doesn't have to be this huge ordeal it's all about the little things for me so i don't know if somebody's having a really bad day i'll send her her favorite um meal or like breakfast the next day or like i said her favorite coffee or whatever it is i'll send i'll do this with my mom all the time in costa rica because we have uber eats i will we don't have amazon prime but we have uber eats i'll send her flowers i'll send her whatever cupcakes i'll send her her favorite pastries like just it's just a little act of love in my opinion and I think it's an incredible thing that we get to do, you know? I also want to mention presence and intention. And what I mean by this is your time now is sacred. It's more sacred, right? It's more limited. It's more precious. So when you do have them, either on the phone, on FaceTime, whatever it is, try to be as intentional and present as possible. Like, I want you to really let yourself be there with them. Give them the space, give them your all, and really like soak up that time. Even if it's a 10 minute phone call, I don't care. Just try to be as present and intentional about your time with them as possible. Side note, that's something that I love about distance. I tell Kristen all the time that I I feel like I'm just a long distance queen at this point. Like, I feel like the long distance life chose me, okay? Like, not only with a bunch of my friends, but with men, because every man that I seem to be interested in does not live in my zip code. So, I don't know about that, you know? But, like, Jesus, um, I'm following your lead, but interesting choices. Anyway, I've learned a thing or two about long distance, but something that I love is on top of getting older and getting busier and trying to build a few empires here, you know what I'm saying? Time is limited and precious and sacred, like I said. And so when people move away, you really, really have to make an effort and make time because we all have time, but we all have to use it in different ways and we all need it in different ways. So it starts to shift to like, are you gonna make the time? Like what pocket of time are you going to find to give to that friendship? And it really highlights, I believe, like how you feel about somebody and and how much you want to make sure that they're still still in your life in some capacity. And I feel like this is nuanced. I can't say that word. Um, I feel like it is. I love my friends to death. I'm not always the best at this. Sometimes it takes me a few days to get back to somebody. That doesn't mean I don't fucking adore them and wouldn't drop everything to go like be with them if something happened. You know, I know that. But the point here that I'm trying to make is that distance requires more planning and more effort. And I think it really shows. I don't know. I think it I think it it signifies a lot. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when two people live in two different cities, countries, time zones, whatever it is, and still 
day in and day out work at maintaining and strengthening a friendship. I think it's really special, you know? One more thing I will say, because you said that you were scared. So what I want to say to you is have a little faith in your friendship, okay? Like if Bibi moved away, so Bibi, you guys know, is one of my best friends who lives in Miami. If she moved away, which like, no, she's not allowed, but if she did, I know we would be okay. Like, I know we would figure it out. It sounds like we're dating. I know that we would be fine. And I know that because I just, I have so much faith and trust in our friendship. Like, the connection we have, the love that we have for each other. I just, I wouldn't, like, would it suck? Yeah, I would be super fucking sad because I don't know Miami without her. And because I fucking adore her and I obviously don't want her to leave, right? But I'm just saying, like, I know we'd be okay. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I know that we would figure it out. I would have no doubt about it. Just how I figure it out with my other girls. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to tell you, like, have a little faith in your friendship, okay? I asked Kristen this question, and I want to read you guys what she said because we have a little, we have a few overlaps and a few different points, but I asked her because she also has a lot of long distance moments in her life. So I wanted to know what she said. And she said, she gave me five points, okay? She said one. Shoot them text to say I love you or a TikTok that reminds me of them. I love doing that. Like a meme. I'm fucking huge on sending memes. Like even if we don't talk for two... Okay, shout out Moongi because we don't talk every day. But she'll send me memes that just remind her of me. And they're usually about somebody who drinks and says they're never going to drink again. Rude. I don't know why you're sending me that. And it's like our little... It's like a, it's like a little love language that we have. Okay? Number two. Scheduled FaceTime calls or since my friends see I'm home 24 seven, they'll call me while driving home from work or on their walks. And I added to this, I said, love this. I literally have a FaceTime date with one of my college best friends tomorrow, Amal, and we have it in our fucking GCALs. We have it at 8.15 tomorrow night. Um, but I love this. I love doing this. You fucking, you, this is, this is what I mean when I say you make the fucking time. And if you have to schedule it, that's what you have to do. Number three, she said, plan trips for the future can be small or big, so you have something to look forward to. She said, my first friend, like my first friend to turn 30, we're planning a birthday trip for her, and then we'll do one for each of us when the time comes. Um, I want that. Cute. Number four, know who your low-maintenance friends are. Sometimes people need reassurance often when you move, and some you can go weeks without talking to. Make sure you don't have a higher-maintenance friend feel like you forgot about them once they're gone. I love this point knowing your friends and what they need to feel valued and loved is so important like no matter the distance but i love this and the fifth one <laughs> this is reason number 955 of why i love this bitch she said get married so if you move you don't have to make any new friends and you always have someone to talk to <laughs> oh my god i'm dead okay next up somebody said i went on three dates with a guy we slept together energy shifted afterwards do i drop if you were my best friend and you called me and you said this to me i would want more details first of all because i'm a nosy bitch and i just like love context it's very early on and i wish i knew more of what you meant by energy shifted but all i will say to you is like i want you to think about how you want to feel in a relationship if somebody is not giving you these feelings early on when shit's supposed to be like fucking amazing and we're all on our best behavior so to speak like what are you doing why if somebody is making you feel confused right off the bat that's an indication of how they feel i feel like people treat you the way they feel about you 
Can that have a little blurriness? Yes, absolutely. I don't love blanket statements like that because sometimes I feel like I don't think a few words can always properly entirely cover a situation. But let's be real here, right? For the most part, it's pretty fucking true. People will treat you the way they feel about you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want someone who's going to be like hot and cold with me so early on. Like, no thank you. I don't want to be confused unless you're just in it for shits and giggles and to have sex, which if you are, amazing, doesn't sound like you are to me. So reminder, when you're dating somebody new, you really are like collecting data, right? You're making notes about things that you like, maybe things you don't like, maybe things you've realized like, oh, I love that about this person. I definitely want that in somebody that I date. I definitely don't want that in somebody that I date. Oh, I don't, I don't like how he did this, whatever. You're collecting data, you're observing, you're getting to know somebody. More importantly though, I want you to think about how you feel. If somebody is making you feel a certain way that you do not like, don't accept it, period. I think this is our only non-dating... Oh, the, the friendship one wasn't dating. We have another non-dating question. She said, how to start something while having doubts, feeling scared, unsure if it'll be successful. Example, new career, new job, entrepreneurship. Okay, here we go. How to do it? you feel scared and you feel doubt and insecurity and you do it anyway. Why? Because if you're going to lean into entrepreneurship, you're going to experience feelings of uncertainty and doubt and fear often, all the fucking time, not just when you start. That's just part of starting something new, I think. That's part of change is a sense of fuck, like I'm uncomfortable, I'm scared, I really don't know what I'm doing. But that's where I would tell you to channel into your why. Like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Or why do you want to do what you want to do? That why, I think especially in when you're working for yourself, that why has to be so strong because let me tell you, it's a motherfucking roller coaster and I wouldn't have it any other way, but there are so many moments where I'm like, I fucking wish I craved normalcy and like the stability emotionally that a nine to five would give me potentially, but I simply don't and I never have and I don't think I ever will. And so I think as long as you know your why, as long as you put in the fucking work and you move intentionally and passionately and bravely, I think when you're following something that you're passionate about, like you simply can't fail. You can learn, you can make mistakes, you can discover that you potentially don't like something that you thought you did, you can change your mind, you can change your mind again, but failing won't happen. So how do you do it? You invest in yourself, you bank on yourself, you decide that you are going to be a brave bitch and be scared and do it anyway. And this is my very nebulous um, way of giving you a pep talk because beneath all of this is the preparation and the systems that you're going to put in place to set yourself up for success on the daily, right? So whether that's like your morning routine, where you're going to work, are you going to delegate things? Are you going to build a team? What's your schedule going to look like? If you're working from home, what's going to be your area of where you actually allow yourself to work? Like what's the work-life separation? I say all these things because within entrepreneurship, there are so many layers of structures and an important one that I'm always fine tuning is the one of how my days are set up because that's game changer for me. You're asking me about fear and insecurity, right? So that's why my answer went where it did at the beginning, but I just like wanted to include that. Like I know it's going to take way more than just feel the fear and do it anyway. Like I know that, 
But I think we are making huge mistakes by procrastinating things we want to do because we are just waiting for that fear to go away. Because I don't think the fear is going to go away. It's, it's going to come with you. You're just going to learn how to quiet it. You're going to learn how to work like next to it. The more you delay, the longer it's going to take you to figure out whether it's something you love, something you're passionate about, something that you can monetize and have success with. You know, every day that goes by that you're not doing that thing that you want to do, even if that means baby stepping into it, right? Every day that goes by, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're just sitting on an idea or a concept or a passion that you want to explore and amplify and you're not doing it because you're scared, you know? Like, I just think you're doing yourself a disservice. And I say this as somebody who has been there and who can tell you what probably everybody who procrastinated out of fear would tell you is that they wish they fucking started sooner. Like, I don't have regrets, okay? Uh, Aside from dating Mr. Gray. But he taught me a lot and the content was great. I regret not starting what I wanted to start sooner. 1,000%. But I also know that I fully trust the timing of my life and the way that things unfold is the way they had to unfold. But... I definitely wish I would have started when I wanted to. So I'll leave you with a few practical tips, okay? I firmly believe that action leads us to motivation, right? Once we start doing things, even like I said, baby stepping our way into it, we create momentum. And once we create momentum, it simultaneously creates this motivation within us to keep going. And like I said, you'll, you're never going to know if, if this is what you want And if this is something you enjoy, if you don't even start, you can plan, you can think, you can talk about it, you can ask me questions, but your best friend in this will be the actual experience of it because that's where you're going to learn. That's where you're going to grow. And the sooner that you start, the sooner that you start to experience it, the sooner that you can adjust and fine tune and maybe change I don't know, maybe change your mind or change the plan, whatever. Also, I feel like the reason why I say you have to be brave is because you have to be brave while accepting that you might suck at whatever it is that you're starting. You might not have all the answers. You probably won't, actually. You might not know what the fuck you're doing. I literally have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but I figure it out every single day. You know, you might do things wrong, and and that's why you just have to start because you will start to figure it out. I think it's one of the biggest, most simplest things I've learned in entrepreneurship, and what it means is it means figuring it out as you go like figuring it the fuck out as you go and it's the craziest coolest hardest experience not hardest i've been through harder shit but very hard experience that i've had in my life but it's been fueled by the most purpose and also by a a lot of caffeine and anxiety mainly celsius but um i hope that makes sense so that's what i would say really is if If you can't stop thinking about an idea or a change that you want to make in your life, be fucking brave. Be a brave bitch and be okay with the fact that you might not have it all figured out. No one does. But I want you to give yourself the shot anyway. Okay, that wraps up our solicited advice number two. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope... I feel like I tough loved you a few times, but I hope you know it's coming from mainly love and not that much tough okay 
and i hope you guys enjoyed tell me what you think tell me what you needed tell me what hit if something didn't hit here if if i answered your question or you had the same question and you're like i don't agree that's okay that's fine we don't have to agree on everything okay take what works take what you need take what you like leave the rest have a beautiful weekend i'll see you next week and what else what else can i tell you that's it thank you for being here with me love you guys and i will see you next week the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com